0: Morning.
1: Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. You're listening to the mournful song by the waters of Babylon. This is from the Psalm in the Bible. The words that the Israelites sang when they were in exile and their captors told them, Why don't you people sing? You know, you like to sing, sing for us. And they said, How can we sing when we are in exile? We are away from our homeland. And this is the theme that has been building in the last several Sundays here in many Eastern Catholic churches. And now, it was coming, It's coming to a high point, as we're going to begin now, this very evening, the actual season of exile, of mourning, of Lent, but which, which we also call the bright sadness, the great fast, the flowering of repentance. The theme today, is, in fact, it's called Cheese Fair Sunday because we're going to give up dairy products. We have already given up meat products. Now we give up dairy products because, as we've said before, we enter into this time of the Great Fast in a gradual way in stages. And then we will be basically vegans for 40 days. This is the Eastern Catholic tradition of fasting during Lent, during the Great Fast. That's why it's called the Great Fast because it is a great fast, especially if you're not so used to it. But today, this Cheese Fair Sunday is a Sunday also that we call the Sunday of Forgiveness. And we're going to begin this evening, the actual moment of the beginning of Lent, the Great Fast, with a Vespers which has within it the theme and also of actual ceremony of forgiveness. But listen to some of the words that we sing during this weekend of Cheese Fair Sunday. For the Vespers service, we say this, O beloved paradise, beauty of springtime and divinely created abode, unending joy and delight, the glory of all the just, the enchantment of the prophets and the dwelling place of the saints, by the rustling of your leaves, implore the creator of the universe to open the gates that I have closed by my fault. Let me partake of the tree of life and share the joy that I once found in you. There we hear Adam and we take on the person of Adam in the services, especially in the Vesper service this evening. We hear Adam actually talking to paradise, to, to that marvelous, beautiful, perfect creation that he was given as gift. And he's talking to the, actually to the, the different plants and trees and flowers and vegetation of paradise. And he says there, by the rustling of your leaves, as if the, the leaves themselves could speak to God, he's asking paradise itself to ask God to let Adam back into paradise because he was cast out along with Eve from their sin. And it shows you the unity, the harmony that there once was between the human being, the first humans, Adam and Eve, and creation to the point where he breaks and ruptures that relationship between himself and creation, but he speaks to creation as though it were a living person. That's how close the human person was with creation back at the beginning we were that much in harmony to the point where we find Adam through the liturgical verses here speaking to creation as though it were another person alive. From sin came the rupture between Adam and creation, between Adam and Eve, you know, man and woman, between both of them and God. So there was a number of ruptures of brokenness that occurred from that one single act of original sin. In some of our other verses, we sing this today. O paradise, so delightful, you were planted for me, and now you are closed because of Eve. Beseech your creator, who has also fashioned me, to fill me with the fragrance of your flowers once again. And the Savior said to him, I do not desire the destruction of my creation. Rather, I wish it to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth, for I do not reject those who come to me. So again, Adam is talking to creation, but then we hear Christ coming in and basically in a sense, foreshadowing what will be his plan of salvation, because he did not desire that sin, the fall of man, be the last word. God wanted his plan to come to reality, to fullness, and so he would actually come and do it himself along with a human being. So Jesus would become the new Adam, the Virgin Mary would become the new Eve, and he would refashion mystically again the human race. In other words, he recreated us again, only now mystically, and he would do it himself because he could not rely on the human person to remain absolutely faithful to the Father in heaven. So, the Son of God had to do it himself. In this evening's service, we will sing at the Vesper service words such as these. Entering into the arena of the Holy Fast, let us make every effort to humble our flesh by abstinence. In prayer and with tears, let us seek the Lord our Savior. And that we might turn away from our evil deeds, let us say to him, We have sinned against you, O Christ our King. Save us as you saved the Ninevites of old, and in your goodness grant us a share in the kingdom of heaven. This verse refers to the Ninevites of old. Remember the story of Jonah. Jonah was called by God to warn the Ninevites. That's in Nineveh, which is in modern-day Iraq. It's the city now of Mosul. You've heard a lot about that during the Iraqi war. But Jonah was called to warn them that they had 40 days to clean up their act, to repent. Otherwise, God will destroy them. And in fact, they did take on repentance. Even the king did. They wore sackcloth and ashes. They fasted and they did repentance. And God held back his hand of chastisement because of that. So this is where we get the 40 days. One of the places we get the 40 days in the 40 days of Lent. It originally was called the Ninevite fast because of this story of Jonah and the Ninevites. We're also going to sing what's called the Great Prokimenon. The Great Prokemenon is basically a transitory moment in our services. It's where we begin or introduce the readings. So that begins the part of the service, whether vespers or liturgy, of the liturgy of the Word, as we say. And so it marks a pivotal moment, and oftentimes these prokimens are very significant, such as this one this, this evening called the Great Prokimenon. And we'll sing to a very mournful melody, hide not your face from your servant, for I am in distress. Answer quickly, come close to my soul and redeem me. Then there are verses in between, let your saving help O God protect me. See you lowly ones and be glad. You seek God, may your hearts be merry. Then we repeat the proclaiming again, hide not your face from your servant, for I am in distress. Answer quickly, come close to my soul and redeem me. Come close to my soul and redeem me. The verses here are done to a very mournful chant, and what happens is during that time, the priest will actually change his vestments from the colors of brightness that we normally use to the colors of mournfulness. The same colors we use for funerals, dark colors. that can be black or purple or red, maroon. In other words, deep colors versus bright colors. They don't <laughs> specify the actual color. They just say it's dark or light. But traditionally, the dark colors are made of purple, maroon, black, or a deep red. And so the church will be changed in its altar covers. The colors of the altar covers will be changed to so the mournful, deep tones. So will the vestments of the priest. And then we will, at the end of the service people will come forward and they'll actually ask the priest for his forgiveness. And the priest will do the same to the people. Then they each, one by one, embrace each other, asking each other for forgiveness. And then from there, you are to take that same gesture of forgiveness to your homes so that we begin this Lenten time of repentance in a very authentic way. It's very moving because it's really, really, as we say about Adam, the liturgical texts say about Adam, we really are stripped naked Spiritually, psychologically, we admit that we are sinners, that we may have hurt people, so we ask for apologies. And the reason we do that is because remember, God said that unless we forgive each other, we cannot be granted His forgiveness. God will not forgive us. I mean, He wants to, He's always forgiving, He's always there, but we will not avail ourselves of that forgiveness unless we forgive one another. So, this time of repentance is a time when we're going to beg God in so many ways. For forgiveness, we're going to throw ourselves on the floor of the church, literally, and do prostrations and ask over and over again for forgiveness. We're going to fast. We're going to amplify our prayer our begging for forgiveness by fasting. But all of that will come to naught unless we first have started Lent by forgiving others and asking for their forgiveness. So we call this not only the Cheese Fair Sunday, but the Sunday of Forgiveness, and also there's another name for it, the expulsion of Adam from paradise. The priest literally stands outside the gates that are between the sanctuary and the nave in Byzantine churches. They're called the gates of heaven. Just like the angel with the fiery sword guarded the gates and kept Adam and Eve from returning there because they were sinners, so too does the priest stand outside the closed gates of the icon screen acting in the person of Adam as he leads the people in the chant, the mournful chant, begging for forgiveness, begging to be let back in to the sanctuary, to the Garden of Eden, to the Holy of Holies. So we actually take on the posture of Adam during this service, and we come before those gates of paradise that we've been cast out of by virtue of inheriting original sin. Let's face it, we're all sinners. This is what we're emitting during this time. And we ask for forgiveness, ask to be let back in. So, We then begin officially in the Eastern churches, many Eastern churches, the 40 days of the great fast, fasting, prayer, repentance. And with all of that, the ultimate goal, increased holiness and charity on our part. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East.
0: Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois 60491. And may God grant you... This is Archbishop Salvatore Cordiglione of the Archdiocese of San Francisco and you are listening to Light of the East.
1: Welcome back to Light of the East on this mournful Sunday. But the mournfulness is actually accompanied at the same time with a certain joy. That's what we call Lent, the bright sadness. Notice, as I say oftentimes in this program, this is one of the things that must be understood and it can't be repeated enough. Part of the genius of the Eastern Catholic spirituality is living in the both-and. We always look at things, articulate things in ways in which there seemingly are two opposite things happening at the same time. It's not either or. So we have the sadness of the repentance and of the mournfulness of the awareness of our sin, but also we have the brightness. In other words, the joy of then moving on from sin. You know, the first step in moving on from sin is to admit it, to be aware of it, to name the demon, as they say, and then to have the accompanying repentance and then the forgiveness, the absolution, such as in confession. You know how well you feel when you've done confession. And maybe you need to do it again. And more often, especially now during Lent, there's an old saying, those who confess best far surpass the rest. So think about confession. It's one of the most important things we can do during the Lenten season, along with the prayer, fasting, and of course, as I mentioned, ultimately, the greater charity and holiness. This Sunday is also called the Sunday of Forgiveness. And we mentioned earlier that we begin it by asking one another forgiveness, but sometimes forgiveness is not well understood. Forgiveness is a difficult thing many times, as I'm sure we all know. And we sometimes hear this idea of forgive and forget. But actually, the forget part can actually be dropped out. Because forgiveness, the merit of forgiveness, is that we can forgive even though we still remember or are very well aware of what the hurt was. You can use the term forget along with forgiveness if you mean, I will act as though I forgot it. And that is the definition of forgiveness. Forgiveness is where we do not let the hurt determine our behavior or our relationship. That's when we know we have forgiven. In other words, if someone says, well, I forgive you, but I'm going to stay away from you. I'm going to have nothing to do with you. Well, it may be necessary to have certain boundaries of someone you know that can continue to harm you. But at the same time, walking away from them and just forgetting about them is way of, in a sense, not quite forgiving, because you're letting the hurt determine how you're going to behave towards them now. Maybe you related to them, they were friends, and now you have nothing to do with them. So, that's letting the hurt still determine the relationship. And again, as I said, there may be times when that is necessary, but most of the time it's about setting boundaries, continuing on, and acting as though you did forget about the hurt, even though you didn't So we're not necessarily supposed to forget about the hurt. We're supposed to forgive in light of knowing that we were hurt. See, that's the real virtue. Now, forgiveness is very related to mercy, to God's mercy. And it's been said that we get tired of asking for mercy sometimes. And during Lent, we certainly ask for it a lot in the Eastern churches over and over again. But God does not get tired of being merciful. And in the Hebrew, word of mercy refers to actually to to womb, like a place of of warmth and comfort. Misericordia is the Latin word for it, means misery and heart. In other words, the the suffering of the heart. And mercy is a higher form of love. It's even greater than forgiveness, because mercy does not just pardon, but it reconciles this is what we mean by God's mercy, and this is why we beg for His mercy, not only His forgiveness, but His mercy. So we ask for mercy, we are to be merciful, and then we trust in Christ's mercy. Mercy of God, the mercy of God, is limitless, but the time for mercy is not. And that's why we do what we do in the church, especially on this day and on this Sunday evening of Chief's Fair. Forgive the Sunday. The expulsion of Adam from paradise, it has three different names. Mercy, the time for mercy is not limitless, even though God's mercy itself is limitless. Our time for mercy is very short in this earth. We have a very short time, and in that shortness of life, there is much time spent not asking for forgiveness, not being merciful ourselves, or not forgiving on our own part. So, the window is very narrow, and that's why we take it so seriously on this particular Sunday and for the next 40 days. Now, for those who might wonder about these 40 days, why does it start in Eastern churches two days before Ash Wednesday? It's because in the Eastern churches, we count the Lenten 40 days straight through. We include the Sundays and Saturdays, although the fasting, the rigors of that are lessened a bit because there is no fasting ever on Saturday and Sunday. Saturday is the Sabbath. Sunday is the eighth day it even transcends the Sabbath. So those two days are days in which there is never, ever any fasting or penance. A little bit, just mitigated, but not the full-blown one. But we don't give it up all together. In other words, we don't say, well, we've given up meat and dairy products, but on Saturday I can gorge myself with it because there's no fasting. Or on Sunday. No, we don't do that. And that defeats the whole purpose of it. The whole purpose of fasting is not just some kind of psycho-spiritual gymnastics, it's not just trying to accomplish something, hold back, hold back, whatever I can, I can regorge myself. Fasting is aimed at trying to move beyond the compulsion to overeat, to be addicted, to to anything, not just food, but to anything. And fasting is a way of developing the discipline to break that tyranny of our fallen passions so that we can ultimately be more forgiving. You see, the fallen passions are very self-centered. they're very consuming they're, they're directed inward. Forgiveness takes us outside of ourselves, beyond to the others, granting them mercy, which remember, it's even greater than forgiveness. Remember, it's like the greatest form of forgiveness because it not only pardons but it also reconciles. Reconciliation, reconciling, amending, healing the relationship, not just saying, "I'm sorry. A lot of times people do that they. Seem to get away with a lot of things by just saying, well, I'm sorry. Young people are very much into that because they learn this stuff from social media and all that. If I just say I'm sorry, that makes it all gay. Well, that's part of it. Yeah, you got to say you're sorry. But real sorrow, real forgiveness comes to maturity in mercy, in making up for it, in granting pardon and being granted pardon. So it's a repairing of relationship. It's not just a feeling. It's not just something you say. It's a repairing of relationship that then sets the relationship on a new course, a course that is hopefully a better course. It doesn't necessarily end the relationship, doesn't have to. It might, might need to be, but generally it sets the relationship on a different and better course. See, forgiveness, fasting, all this ascetical discipline has an aim to it, a goal an end point. And that is our reintegration, becoming more whole, integrated human beings, more loving, more Christ-like human beings. In other words, it's a return to our true self. Remember, during the Vesper service, we stand like Adam outside the Garden of Eden, and Adam is talking to nature. He remembers how it was at the beginning. What was true about him, the truth about him, was that he was supposed to be in harmony with all creation, And the human person basically kept all that harmony together within themselves. They were the high point of that. So when the human person fell, so did creation. That's why he's talking to creation. By the rustling of your leaves, beg Christ to open the doors of paradise for me again. And so the repentance, the fasting, the prayer, all of this is to help us return to our true selves made in the image and likeness of God. In the gospel, the story of the prodigal son, which we read a couple Sundays ago as part of the build-up to the season of Lent, the actual translation, the real meaning of the words that say that the prodigal son came to his senses and turned back to his father, went back to his father, the real meaning of the original words in the Greek and Hebrew actually means he came to himself. That was he found his real self. He was a prodigal not just from his father, he was a prodigal from his own true self, that's who Adam was. That's what happened to Adam and Eve. They became prodigal, in other words, in exile away from their true self. And so do we when we sin. And so the fasting, the prayer, the repentance, the forgiveness is to help us come back to our true self. Because the truth about the human person is not that we are weak and fallible and make mistakes and sin. We often say that. We kind of redefine ourselves incorrectly. We sin, we fail, we say, well, I'm only human. We should." qualify that and say, I'm a fallen human, because to say I'm only human, leave go at that, means I am perfect. I am like Adam and Eve were at the beginning, because that is what real humanness is. It's actually perfection, it's holiness. It's when we do things great, especially with heroic love, that we should say, well, what do you expect, I'm human. The human person is supposed to be living heroic love as a norm, sainthood is a norm. Now, that sounds strange, you know, because it shows you how far away we are from understanding who we really are. The human person is a saint by nature. So, whenever we declare somebody a saint, it means that we're simply declaring that they were fully human. They reached a certain full, honest, authentic humanness while on earth. Doesn't mean they were absolutely perfect in everything, but they had reached a certain humanness, certain authentic humanness. I think a great example of that today is St. John Paul II. He was so fully, so fully alive, so fully human, and that's why he was a saint. And when you're fully human, you're capable of great and holy, wonderful things, just as St. John Paul II was, and all saints. So forgive beginning tonight. Forgive, repent, fast, pray, and become holier, more charitable, become the real version of yourself.
0: Thanks for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. To hear Light of the East again, visit ByzantineCatholic.com and click on the Features and Programs tab and on iTunes. Thank you for listening to Light of the East. We encourage you to tell a friend about Light of the East and to visit ByzantineCatholic.com. Light of the East is produced by ADC Media. Look to EWTN for inspiring Lenten programming. This is Father Thomas Petrie, Godly Counsel on Morning Glory. Lent is a time of spiritual renewal when the Church journeys with Jesus Christ, who is both God and man, and in His humanity He can suffer, He can be hungry, He can die, and He does all of these things for us. So during this season, we journey with Him and offer our own penance. We give things up just as He gave Himself up for us. We pray more to be closer to Him, and we give alms to help those who are in need just as Christ's sacrifice helps us. During this Lenten season, all of us at EWTN Radio are praying that you grow closer to the Lord and that this be a holy time for you as you prepare to celebrate His suffering, death, and resurrection.
1: Linton programs now through Holy Thursday on EWTN Radio and TV. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the Light of the East. To learn more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue Light of the East with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount will be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610 Will Cook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K Road. Homer Glen, Illinois, or donate online on the homepage of ByzantineCatholic.com. From the light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God grant you many happy years.